Our guests in this episode are registered nurse Christina Barbieri and WISH alum Kelly McConnellog. Christina and Kelly have a very interesting connection to Make-A-Wish, and we really can't wait to share this with all of our listeners of the WISH House podcast. So Christina and Kelly, welcome to the WISH House podcast. How are you guys? <laughs> Thank you. Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you for having us. I've looked forward to this for a while. I know. And thank you for for following us on Instagram. I always see your likes come up yeah. every time in my <laughs> notifications. And the same for you, Christina. So you guys are, are really, you know, strong supporters of the chapter on the digital side, as well with all of our Wish Kids as well. Um, I want to start off first with Christina. So Christina, you know, your background, you're a registered nurse. You've been doing this for over 20 years. Um, and for the last six, you've been working with the Infusion Center, right? Share with our listeners a little bit about what is the Infusion Center? Uh, what, what kind of kids are they working with directly and the ones that you guys that you're dealing with on a day to day? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So, as you said, I have been the nurse manager of the outpatient pediatric infusion center for the last six years. And we deal with a varied population, primarily hematology and oncology children. We also have other bleeding disorders and children who have other diseases that need infusions. We build quite the relationship with these children because some of them are in two and three times a week for hours on end, getting their infusions of chemotherapy and other products. Yeah. And I, and I can relate to that because, you know, as a, as a wish alum myself, just like Kelly, I spent a lot of time at the hospital, especially when I was getting stem cells retrieved. And when I was getting, you know, just all this stuff done at the hospital. I was there for hours at a time, just almost like just sitting there with my arms out, blood coming yep. in and out one way <laughs> and out the other way. And it was just absolutely insane when you kind of go back and think about it. But it was nurses like you that I spent a lot of time just talking about movies and talking about just randomness and life and um, got to got really close with all of them, which kind of leads me to the next guest of our Wish House podcast episode today, which is Kelly. So share with our listeners a little bit about one, when was your wish granted? Two, what was your wish? And then three, how did you and Christina meet for the first time? Yeah. So thank you for having me. I'm really excited to do this. Um, so I'll start off with my Make-A-Wish. So I was diagnosed with um, acute promyeloidocytic leukemia in 2015. Um, I began treatment at Marie for your children's hospital, which I give my heart to, you know, they'll always have such a big place in my heart. Um, and it's so funny though, pretty much the first two weeks that I was diagnosed, the social worker, her name's Rose. Um, she came in and she, you know, obviously first newly diagnosed, I was a 16 year old. Um, she just wanted, I think, to say anything to get me out of, you know, that rut. And she came in with a bunch of, she came in with like a tablet and some paperwork. And she was like, you know, basically like, I know how horrible this all is, but guess what? And, you know, as a 16 year old who's in the hospital, I'm like, please give it to me. And uh, she started telling me about Make-A-Wish, which I've heard about before, um, you know, at that time. Uh, my mom knew exactly what it was. My whole family did. Um, and Rose started saying, you know, that you qualified for a Make-A-Wish um, because you're battling, you know, a life-threatening disease. Um, and then as soon as I finished up treatment right before, right in 2016, um, I actually had two wish granters come to my house. Um, and it was the most incredible experience start to finish, um, you know, from Rose setting it up to meeting the two wish granters to playing, you know, the games and activities that you guys do to incorporate, you know, what kind of wish you want, um, who you would like to meet, where you would like to go. Um, you know, all of those things, it just gave me so much 
hope to look forward to. Um, even my family, you know, because and I give you guys, you know, make a wish all the credit. You didn't just take me. You took me and my five family members. You know, we were a party of six. And and, you know, you really were able to incorporate my sisters and both my parents. Um, and that was so special, you know, because it wasn't just for me. It was for my whole family because they were going through that with me. Um, so in 2016 was when my wish officially happened. Um, I went to Hawaii. I went to Maui, Hawaii, and it was absolutely it's a it was a life changing experience. Um, I was talking to my mom earlier today, and you know we were talking about what I was going to say, and the biggest thing was was that you know my my family we grew up going to the Jersey Shore. You know I've never prior to Hawaii I never been on a plane. So my first plane ride ever was a thirteen hour flight to Hawaii. But hey, if you're gonna go all, big, go go all exactly, the way. Let's exactly. Do it. And, you know, just for my family during such a hard, hard time, obviously for everybody, um, it was just so nice to be able to be stress-free and, you know, have a vacation that wasn't, you know, two hours away from from the, from the your house in the Jersey Shore. Um, and we all got to experience first, you know, I never been on a plane, my sister's never been um, on a plane, and it, it was just so special. And I, I knew from, I knew by the minute I was, you know, I had my make-a-wish that I wanted to give back. Um, I would love to make a lump sum, you know, donation, but that's in the future. Hopefully I hear you. Um, you know, I think that's one of the things that a lot of wish alum, we feel a strong connection to make a wish and we want to give so much yeah. back of what we received, but yeah. obviously, you know, we're not millionaires, you know, we're just it, living yeah. on a day to day, just trying to do the best we can. Right. So, but what yeah. we can do is share our experience, you know, and in your case, you actually, decided to take it to the next step, like many of our wish alum and become trained as a, a volunteer for our chapter. Yeah. So congratulations, because you're one Thank of the you. first volunteers that we trained completely virtual, which was yeah. different for us. You know, you were yeah. part of that, that initial group. How was that for you as a you know newly, you know, as, as a wish alum, but then on top of that, becoming one of the first, you know, handful of volunteers that were trained virtually? How was that experience on your end? Um, Jillian was great. Jillian Rodriguez, um, you know, she handled it all so well. I never would have known that it was her first time doing it all virtual. She, she didn't seem like it at all. I'm actually just learning that, you know, from you, I figured because, you know, obviously, um, she was amazing. She, she's very, very efficient. She was very, very prompt. Um, I know where to be exactly when I needed to, um, you know, she was really, really great. And she made the process very, very easy for me. Um, and it was, it was right in there. Um, you know, I had a little bit of a break uh, due to COVID. Um, but then as soon as things were back up, she emailed me. She was like, you ready to go? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we got it done. So <laughs> that's awesome. And, and and this is another kind of amazing connection of the collision of worlds, because, you know, on my end, you know, we're, we're at the one of the first events that you actually volunteered for was for our annual Walk for Wishes, which was our first yeah. event that we had back in person again. And, you know, we were one excited about it. We weren't sure exactly how it was going to be received, how many people would show up, if the volunteers would be open to being there in person. So we, there was a lot of ifs, but yeah. what we found pretty quickly was that everyone was ready to go. They were just like, tell me where I need to be and I'll be there. And yeah, exactly. both you and Christina both kind of raised your hand and said, Hey, I want to volunteer my time. I want to be there for the walk. 
separately. You had no idea yeah. that this was, this is the part that is like mind blowing yeah. is that, you know, on Christina's side, you as a registered nurse wanted to volunteer your time with our chapter. And we actually had you uh, set up at our health and safety tent. And that was going to be where you were going to be as a registered nurse. And then we were going to have Kelly also support us with a, a, other tasks, you know, that we needed behind the scenes for the walk completely separate. You yeah. both had no idea that this was going, that you guys had both asked to volunteer for this event. You guys then see each other at our walk. It was just one of those funny stories that only happens in a small chapter like ours, where you see this kind of collision of worlds. How was that when you guys showed up at the walk for your task that day? And then you saw that you guys were there with each other. So I hadn't seen the last time I saw Christina was I, I go um, for I go to the infusion center for, you know, a couple, every couple months I get my blood drawn, um, because I did have leukemia. Um, so I get my blood drawn just for checkups. Christina's always the one to do it. She always sticks, she always sticks it good. <laughs> um, yeah, she she's always, hands, I always yeah, she does. <laughs> she's always the one to, you know, bring me pain, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I hadn't seen her in a while. And then we were in, I believe we were in the same group chat for the, the meeting before, um, there was a meeting before to show like an orientation of what's going to be going on at the walk. Um, and we both had our names in it. And then I, I didn't see her name. And then she texted me and she was like, oh my God, are you volunteering at Make-A-Wish on Sunday? And I said, and I knew as soon as she said that, that she must be doing it. And, and I was, yeah, and I was so excited. So unbelievable. And what about you, Christina? How is it for you seeing one of your former patients, you know, now kind of evolving to who she's become, which is, you know, she's, she's going for this, you know, uh, wanting to go, she's going to school to become a child life specialist. She's kind of working in the same field that you work in. How is that for you? I mean, that must be a, a powerful payback, you know, for the, the amount of time you, you give to these kids every day. It's actually really amazing. And it's what we call a full circle moment. We tell these parents and patients a diagnosis that life will get back to normal and no one ever believes us at the time. There are some certain special people that we just have this bond with for life. Kelly is one of them. Um, Kelly and I exchanged cell phone numbers right from the beginning. We've <laughs> chatted, you know, I consider her like my niece. You know, we've chatted about a variety of topics, not just medical, not just leukemia. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> life stuff, um, right? Yeah. You know, it, it goes from patient to caregiver to just friends at this point. Um, Kelly at first thought she wanted a career in nursing, spent some time chatting about it, even doing some classes and realized it wasn't her path. And we were able, you know, with us, with the child life in the hospital, with a bunch of different specialties, was able to get her to realize where her passion really lied. And that's what's the most important thing about being in the field of pediatrics. You don't just have to be a nurse. It takes it takes a village to make a child better. There's child life, there's music therapy, speech therapy, nutrition, there are so social work. There are so many different entities that in, are incorporated and we all work together for the betterment of the patient. Fantastic. And you, and you talk about all the different disciplines kind of holistically working on, you know, this treatment process and journey for our wish kids. And we kind of are coming in on the other side of it with also part of that treatment, but we're bringing in a little bit of hope, you know, you guys are supporting in all the other areas. Absolutely. And, you know, the hope is our hope is that we're able to provide hope for those kids and the families that are going through such a difficult time. And, and you guys obviously support in, in so many other different ways. You know, what I find interesting with all of this is that, you know, you're, you're, you guys connected and bonded through one of the most difficult times in your life, Kelly. Um, yeah. And through that period of time, you know, you connected 
you stayed connected. And I think that's a, a great example of how, of what happens all the time. You know, there's this, this is, this is a, a really special story for you, for between you guys, but we hear stories like this all the time, not just between, you know, a caregiver or, or, or someone at, mm-hmm. at the hospital connecting with the wish alum. But then we also hear that from kids at the, that are being treated at the same time, completely. Yeah. They didn't know each other before and, and then they connect and they're stay and they stay connected years mm-hmm. later. We hear about this, these stories all the time. So the fact that we're able to share some of this stuff, the kind of behind the scenes things that happen along the, alongside the wish journey and the medical treatment journey, mm-hmm. there, there are lifelong relationships being built every single day. And, and you guys are on the front lines of that. And, and that also, again, inspired you, Kelly, to be, to want to be trained as a child life specialist. You're interning right now, right? So how's that going for you? Yeah. So I actually, uh, I'm born in South Africa in a, in a month and a half. <laughs> wow. So hi to Charlize Theron for me, please. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm going to and like you, you know, to touch base on what you said is, you know, that's exactly it. I think that so many people, you know, with 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 my diagnosis, you know, of childhood cancer, I think that so many people just focus on, you know, what they know. And there was just, you know, that was I was on chemotherapy um for about 2 years and my entire life changed and it wasn't and you know, you would think that it would be it would be negative, but it wasn't like it don't get me wrong, you know, obviously the chemo and stuff that was obviously difficult, but I, I'm a true believer that I am meant to be where I am and that this all happened to me, you know, for a reason. Um, I never would have, you know, met the the other patients that I had met. Um, you know, I'm friends with all of them. I'm friends with their moms on, on Facebook. Um, you know, I never would have met Christina and all the other incredible nurses and doctors. Uh, and I also wouldn't have known, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, child life specialist, there, it's a very small field. They only have about, you know, two, three, four, five, depending on the hospital. Um, it's a very small field that a lot of people don't know about. And I'm almost positive that I wouldn't have known about it, you know, prior to my hospitalization. Um, she, you know, my child life specialist, the social worker, the nurses, you know, they all changed my life. And I, and I wouldn't have had such a quote unquote positive experience um, as I did if it, you know, if it wasn't for them. They really, they changed my outlook. Um, you know, when I was losing my hair, um, the nurses were so incredible and, and, and awesome. And the child life specialist knew exactly what to do, you know, for somebody my age, for somebody, you know, 16 years old. Uh, cause when you think about it, you know, these child life specialists and, you know, these nurses and everybody, they go from one room who could be, you know, a two-year-old to a 16-year-old to, you know, an eight-year-old and it's all different ages, all different stages of development and, you know, child life specialists and the nurses, they adjust and they have to, you know, okay, this is a two-year-old. We can, you know, do Play-Doh, but I'm a 16-year-old. I don't want to do Play-Doh, you know? And they were really, really awesome about incorporating what I would want to do as a 16-year-old. And one of the biggest things was to plan my Make-A-Wish. That was one of the biggest things that I was always doing in hospital. I always had my laptop out. I was always researching what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, uh, who I wanted to meet, you know, I was convinced I wanted to meet Ellen for a little bit. <laughs> um, That's funny. But then my mom, my mom was like, you sure about that? And, and, and we chose, you know, I ended up choosing the, the vacation, but that was another thing was I thought that this is another reason, you know, why I want it. I, why I volunteer at Make-A-Wish. The whole process is so incredible. You know, the activities that you guys do, um, but also, and this was a huge thing. 
was I know that you guys are so focused on what the child wants. And that's a huge, huge thing, you know, from a childlike special, like from a childlike specialist perspective, as well as, you know, a wish, uh, a wish alum, the whole, you guys handle it so well. And, you know, that it's really what the child wants, you know, and if it's a, if it's a two-year-old boy who says he wants to meet Elmo, like that is what his wish will be. He can go to Disney and he can meet Elmo and Mickey Mouse you know, you guys don't necessarily listen as much to the outsider's perspective. Like a two-year-old's not going to say that they want to go to Bora Bora. You know? Yeah, exactly. We've had three-year-olds that have said they wanted a new armoire or a new like, you know, living room set, yeah. you know, a new barbecue grill. Like it seems ridiculous, but we've yeah. heard these stories. I've experienced them personally as a wish grinder, you know, going to homes and and having, you know, I had, a, I remember there was one kid out of Mount Vernon. He really wanted a, um, like a place at the time it was, I think PlayStation two had just come out. So it was like a yeah. PlayStation two with a big screen TV and he wanted all this stuff. And the family was just like, no, I, you know, you, you're, you want to go to Disney world. Don't you, you want to yeah. go to Disney. And the kid did not want to go to Disney world. Like all yeah. he wanted was video games and all this stuff. So I remember that was uh, a constant kind of refocusing of the conversation a reframing of it and bringing it back mm-hmm. to the wish kid again. Um, and ultimately that's what the kid received was his, yeah. You know, Absolutely. his entertainment system with the TV and and obviously the, you guys do that in, in a different way um, is really making sure that the child is supported, which makes me really happy to hear that. I mean, I, obviously, I know this. I see it every all the time. But when I was being treated also at 15, 16 years old, the, mm-hmm. the level of support that that exists now was not the same you know, 20 plus years ago. I, I yeah, remember sure. we didn't even have uh, I was in the Bronx, so it was not we, there was no like teenage ward there was no like yeah. special nothing it was like literally you guys are in this corner these are the six you know rooms that are going to have yeah. all the teenagers because we figured you guys need to be together it was a yeah. lot of figuring things out back then of what what kids needed to be able to get through this this treatment yeah. process and now seeing all these different disciplines uh kind of get the shine that they should and especially at Westchester Medical Center at Maria Ferrari's Children's Hospital, you guys do such a great job of working together as a team and and seeing and everything overlaps. You know, we you know one of the things that we do a lot of a lot of over at the Infusion Center is host a lot of parties. You know, for different awareness months, it's one of my favorite things to do every year, um, where we have it for child a childhood cancer awareness month um, and a variety of other things. We have superhero themed stuff. We have characters that come by. And Christina, I see you all the time dressing up in different you know, uh, yeah. costumes every year, which is fantastic because I love to dress up, but no one else does sometimes. So I know that I know for a fact you'll be there dressed up. So it makes me feel better <laughs> when I get there dressed up. Oh, so. They all do. They all, I, I have them all on Facebook and they're always, you know, superheroes. The other day you guys were um, cowboys. I saw cowboys that. Cowboys for Cowboys. Before we go any further, I just actually wanted to thank Kelly for her kind words. Um, people always ask my coworkers and I what, how we can work with childhood cancer. It must be so sad. And, you know, d- don't you cry all the time. And I have the same sentence every single time. You'd want someone treating your child, your niece, your cousin who wants to be there. And Kelly just said the exact perfect thing. We all really want to be there. And it's evident in the way we care and interact with the patients and the families, you know, again, they're strangers on day one and they're, they're family on day two. So thank you, Kelly, for um, reinforcing what we all feel. Absolutely. And I think that's the, uh, that that's what we want to showcase on this podcast is, and and this is why Christina, we wanted to have you on because (laughs) you bring a perspective of the, of, of working in the hospital setting that it's not all, 
you know, white walls and mm-hmm. everything smells like bleach. You know, that's yeah. people's perception exactly. so of what we, a hospital COVID, is. COVID, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, COVID changed our fun for a while, like the rest of the world. But um, this year we were able, thanks to Make-A-Wish, we were able to host our annual Superhero Day in remembrance of Cancer Awareness Month. And it was great. The kids had such a fun time. The children diagnosed during COVID did not realize we were fun nurses. They just thought we were <laughs> quality care, but now they're beginning to realize we're fun nurses as well. So it was, it's great to be obviously appropriately safe, but back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. And it was great to be there. You know, we had the cookies all individually wrapped and we did everything possible to keep everything as safe and mm-hmm. as possible. So it was, it was definitely it was it was one of our first again in person things we were doing you know um for the for us after a year in almost two years of not being able to have that interpersonal relationships with everybody that we would see you know many times over the year so it's it's really exciting to uh, to have you again both on this podcast you know i'm i'm curious though have you guys had a conversation about your motivations or reasons of wanting to get further involved with Make-A-Wish? Because obviously, Christina, on your day-to-day job, I mean, you're going to have connection to Make-A-Wish regardless, you know, and, and Kelly, on your end, you're always going to have your wish experience mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a keepsake, as a memory forever. But mm-hmm. you guys both decided, I want that, that's great, but I want to do a little bit more. And I think that's where a lot of people sometimes are in figuring out how they want to get involved with, with us as an organization is, they have kind of an understanding of Make-A-Wish. They've worked with Make-A-Wish in different ways. But then they there's something that propels them to say, raise their hand and say, I want to now give more. How well, Have you guys had a conversation about that at all? And if not, let's have it today. <laughs> um, I don't think that me and Christina have ever personally talked about it. I mean, I know that I have, you know, talked about, you know, my reasoning, um, you know, with my family and, you know, people, uh, my boyfriend who who's so excited I'm doing this, <laughs> this podcast. Um, I know that I've talked about it out loud, um, but I don't think that Christina and I ever had, you know, that co- uh, comparison and conversation. Um, you know, we first, I didn't even, I knew that she was involved with Make-A-Wish, um, but I thought at first that it was just because of, you know, the closeness of Make-A-Wish and, you know, Mary Ferry and the Infusion Center. Um, but then when I found out that she was volunteering on Sunday was when I found out that, you know, she's a she's a volunteer. We're going to be doing this together. So for for hopefully some time. So but I also want to give a special thanks to both of you because you saw me struggling putting up a tent and you both <laughs> were like, hey, do you guys do you need help? Because I'm here yeah. trying to do it by myself, you know, yeah. being like a, you know, a dumb guy. And I'm here yeah. like, I actually do need help. So please help me. And you guys came to the rescue. You helped me out. We each took one of the legs of the tent. You know, we, we put it up and everything. So thank you again, publicly for helping me out and not look so <laughs> much like pleasure. a fool and throwing out my back. It took a while, but we tried. <laughs> we, we figured it out together yeah, we as a get some team. taller friends next time, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get some stools and some stills. I tried to get that ladder. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How was that experience for both of you guys volunteering at our annual Walk for Wishes? It was amazing. It was my first time and it definitely will not be my last time. Um, it was just so invigorating seeing the families there excited to be there. I think the general feeling of the day was just excitement. It, as you say, the first live event in two years and people just wanted to be there. People wanted to help out. Again, we were assigned jobs. Kelly and I did 20 jobs that were not assigned to us just because as we walked by, it looked like people needed help. Um, it was a chilly morning, so it also helped us move, move around a little bit. But um, actually afterwards, Kelly, you're not the only one who went through volunteer training. Jillian and I are starting volunteer, official volunteer training as well. Holler. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> and what about you, Kelly? How was it for you kind of 
seeing the lay of the land as your first uh, event volunteering for us. Yeah, so it, it was it was my first time. Um, I got to meet, you know, I met you for the first time. I met Jillian, um, you know, because we were virtual for so long. I never met Jillian person. You know, I, I felt like I knew her, um, but I never met her. So it was really, really nice to, you know, put a face to it. You know, Jillian, you. Um, I knew probably a couple of days before that I was going to see Christina. So I was very, very, you know, excited for that. Um, I knew that Christina was going to be in the health tent, the health and safety tent. But when we were setting up, I was able to wiggle with her and we were able to, you know, help out in a couple of different areas. Um, but it's, it really is. It's so awesome. I got a cute pin that said, you know, ask me about my wish. My wish was in 2016. Um, and it was so sweet because even as people were walking, um, once the walk started, I was on, um, one of the corners with water with, um, with this other woman. Um, and, I had my, my little pin on and people would come by, you know, children would come by and they would, they would ask me about it and their parents would ask me about it. And and it was funny because they're doing this walk. And meanwhile, they're not walking. They're stopping to talk to me for five minutes to hear about my wish. Um, And I love to talk about it. I could talk about it forever. Um, And then I think one of the most special moments was I had no idea that this was happening. Um, One of my doctors actually was walking through and he walked on the wish Um, and I saw him probably from like, you know, like a football, football yards away, probably half a football yards away. And my heart dropped. I was so excited to see him. Um, you know, he, to me, he's, you know, one of my doctors. Um, but it was, it was really, really awesome to see him in a different situation. He was with his family, you know, and I've never met, um, you know, his children before. Um, and he introduced me to them. He knew, you know, he knew everything. He, it wasn't like, oh, he didn't know. He knew everything. Um, and, and I'm assuming had, you're talking about Dr. Sandoval, right? Yes. Dr. Sandoval. Yeah. <laughs> and he hadn't, you know, he's, he's seen me over the last years, but I think it's such a distinctive difference. You know, when he first met me, um, I was, I began losing my hair. Um, and it's really, really, you know, interesting to see, even now I look at old photos and it's just, it's crazy to me that I was there at one point. Cause it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, and he was like, your hair, you're so beautiful, you know? Um, and it was, it was really, really special to see him. And then, you know, to have Christina, um, it was a very, very special day. It was very, very heartwarming to me. Um, I loved, I loved to post the pictures. I posted a bunch of pictures after, um, it was a really, really, it was a good day. It was pretty special for some of our families who are currently in treatment and awaiting their wish, who didn't realize I would be there when they would walk Mm -hmm. by and they saw me, you know, they were, you make that connection of like, wow, you know, she really believes in this and, you know, she's doing this on her own time and, you know, it's not just words at work. Like she really a make a wish is important to her. So that was pretty neat to see. Man, that's awesome. I love to hear that. And and, and again, special shout out to Dr. Sandoval, who's one of our medical advisors, because, you know, he's been with our chapter for so long. He just recently retired. Um, so the fact that he still comes to our, you know, still supports us on the, on the medical side, you know, and he offers his expertise and advice when, when asked and, um, and also supports our events, like our walk. I mean, that mm-hmm. across the board, you can see that everyone that's connected to Make-A-Wish, you know, they're in it, you know, they're, they, they know where, where, what the impact is, which is creating this life-changing experience, which I actually want to go back to you, Callie, real quick, because we didn't talk about this when you were sharing a little bit about your wish to go to Hawaii, but what was your favorite thing that you did in Hawaii? Like, what was the one thing on the top of your list? You were like, I got to do this. So the, so make a wish. Um, so I went to Maui, Hawaii. Um, I went for about a week and make wish actually, which is, you know, just another, you, you know, you could have sent me to, to Florida and I would have been happy, but you know, Hawaii was the one I chose and 
you picked the right one, by the way. You, you, yeah. We're going to Hawaii is a lot you, better. Yeah, this one with the Cisco. <laughs> you guys went, you know, just above and beyond. There, I didn't know what to expect. Obviously, I've never been in, you know, that situation before. Um, and, you know, I think I'm going to Hawaii. I think it's already going to be, you know, the most incredible experience. But you guys went above and beyond. You guys set up three activities for me to do once I got there. Um, and my favorite one was we went swimming with, we went snorkeling with sea turtles, me and my whole family. We went in the middle of, you know, the ocean and we went snorkeling with sea turtles. And I think that that was my favorite experience. I've never been snorkeling. I've never done, I've never seen such clear water and, you know, the, the fish. Um, if you saw my camera roll, it's like, (laughs) I have way too many, way too many pictures from, from Hawaii and, and, you know, that whole time. Um, I think that that would be, you know, my favorite experience, but honestly, and I, and my family would probably make fun of me when they hear this later, it was just very, very nice to, after such a long battle and journey to spend that intimate time with my family and, and know that it was happy time. Um, you know, we, we all had been through it. It wasn't just me, you know, my mom, shout out to my mom. She, um, she actually slept next to me every single day when I was in the hospital, she didn't have to, you know, I was a 16 year old girl. I would have been okay. Um, but she didn't, she never left my side. Um, so it was really, really nice to share that experience with her and, you know, with my sisters and to give them, you know, that, cause I did, um, I had my make a wish towards the end of my treatment. You know, I wasn't hospitalized anymore. Um, I was on, um, they call it maintenance. So I was taking um, medication, chemotherapy at home. Um, and it just felt like it was getting all wrapped up and it was, you know, it was, it was time for the happy ending. And, you know, I definitely, I definitely got that. So it was, I, you know, that's why, that's why I'm a wish, uh, that's why I'm a, you know, volunteer today is like I said earlier, I wish I could give some giant lump sum, you know, one day, hopefully maybe I will, but you know, for now, any type of giving back I could do to, you know, an organization that gave me so much is, you know, the goal. So. Yeah. And your presence at events, like when you were standing there sharing your bat serious, that is the biggest donation that you can give to back to make wish is the fact that you're there as a physical representation of the power of a wish. And that's Mm -hmm. what our wish alum possess as a superpower. We talked about before superheroes and warriors, and that's what our kids are, that they're going through these, these battles. Um, But at the end of it, it's kind of like when you have Captain America at the end of Avengers and he's there by himself and he's like, yeah. he's like almost about to give up. And then, you know, then you got Falcon calling him from the side saying, you know, watch your six. I'm right here. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they all come out. It was like that moment in Infinity yeah. War where you had everybody and everybody yeah. come out. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that moment. Yeah. I love Marvel movies. And I just think about <laughs> that moment. I'm a huge Captain America fan. And that was the moment where. You know, I that was like cemented it forever. What Captain America is was all about was was, which is always doing the right thing and and, and standing up when everyone is 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 falling down. And and in that moment, he still had the support of everybody behind him that came back. And so and that's in in a in a weird way, that's kind of what wish kids are. You know, they're they're there, they're battling through, and then you have this amazing community of people all around them, like child life specialists like mm-hmm. registered nurses and all the other disciplines that are in the hospital that are there to support our wish families and our wish kids through the toughest part of their life. Mm-hmm. And as a community, we do it together to create these amazing uh, experiences for them through a wish. And collectively, we're able to provide families with this amazing amount of hope that gets them through it. And you're a living testament to that as one of our 3000 plus wishes that we granted <laughs> at our chapter 
And, you know, definitely something that, you know, you, that, that in itself is you sharing your story for those five minutes and making people, you know, uh, slow down on their walk. is a great thing. Cause you're, mm-hmm. uh, you're showing them that there is that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You're the actual representation of that. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, having a podcast like this is something we were excited about sharing and having a platform to share okay. those stories because, you know, if you weren't at that event, you would have not had heard your story. Yeah. Uh, but now with this type of platform, we're able to share it globally to everyone that straight that streams and listens to us. Special shout out to the wish coordinator that worked on your wish, which is Sharon Hodney, which Christina, yeah. you remember Sharon really well, you know, over the years, you know, she recently Absolutely. retired in 2019 um, and she coordinated your wish. And she was one of the ones that was really, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes stuff at the office. She was one of the ones that really helped, um, put together a procedures for her why wishes because she was she was in charge at the time we used to kind of designate coordinators with certain types of wishes now mm-hmm. all coordinators do all wishes but yeah. back in the day we used to have Sharon that she focused on all Hawaii cruises and domestic travel wishes and and, and Disney wishes um, and then the, we had another coordinator that would do everything else so all the puppy wishes and international travel mm-hmm. and all that stuff but Sharon because she has so many years, she had 14 years of working on wishes. She saw what things would come up and things, questions that would come up along the way. So she helped develop that questionnaire that you completed that allowed you to kind of look at all the different activities. And Maui's very specific because Maui's a smaller island of all the islands around Hawaii. So their activities are very different, usually work really well for teenagers and older kids. Um, Whereas the other parts of the island, you know, are, are like a Wahoo are probably a little bit better for some of the younger kids and things like yeah. that. But, um, but snorkeling with sea turtles, you just put that on my bucket list, yeah. I love sea, tur- sea turtles, and I need to do that. So yeah. now knowing that, that, that I can do that in Hawaii, I'm definitely going to do that. So um, switching gears a little bit, let's, and another part of our podcast is called our shooting star segment, which is a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind. So I'll start first with you, Christina. You have a lot of experiences with make wish. You've seen a lot of kids like Kelly that you've worked with and and have received wishes. But out of all those kids, you know, what is your favorite wish that you've either seen granted or have heard granted from all the years that you've been connected with us? So it's not necessarily a favorite wish because it is child specific. It's great to see the child really get the wish they want. Um, the travel ones are always so great because they get to come home and tell us all the stories and show us the pictures. Mm-hmm. And they're just, you know, typical children for the, a week of their lives. They're not children with cancer. Each wish that is granted truly is unique to the patient and it's perfect. Awesome. And I'm curious with you, Kelly, um, you know, we talked a lot about your wish and, and kind of some of your favorites and stuff. You know, I'm curious to find out what was your alternate wish? Because Again, kind of taking a look behind the curtain for our listeners, when we meet with wish kids, you know, we work, uh, we have volunteers, like in, in, like in your case, you had one of your wish grinders, her name is Sue Stefanski. So shout out to Sue, who is one yeah. of our, our volunteers, <laughs> longtime volunteers with our chapter. And she was one of your wish grinders. And we train our wish grinding volunteers to work directly with our families. And part of that is playing what we call our wish game. And with the wish game, we go through all the different categories of wishes. And then you start kind of giving out some possible wishes in that conversation. And then you kind of throw them all in the hat, start picking them out two at a time and you start narrowing it down. And eventually you got to Maui, Hawaii, but what was your alternate wish? What was that second wish? If you weren't able to go to Maui, Hawaii, what would have been that other wish that you would have chosen? (laughs) So would it have been Ellen? (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's funny. So, and it's, it, it's so funny. Cause I look back now and I would, I, I mean, I still would have chose Hawaii, no doubt, but I think my alternate wishes would have been different. Mm. Um, you know, as a 16 year old, you are I'm much more mature now than I was then, let's say. Um, and all I could think about was wanting to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's like I every swear, teenager. We all want to be YouTube celebrities, I, you know? It's I all good. swear I wanted to become like viral. So in order to do that, I believed that if I went on Ellen and was on her show, then people would see me, they would meet me. And I would become famous. So <laughs> that was my um, that was my second backup. And my mom, she she didn't she didn't convince me. My mom was very you know. And back to what Make Wish does, it was whatever I wanted to do. And my mom was absolutely whatever I wanted to do. And but you could just tell just on her face that you know she just kept saying you know Ellen would be you know one day thing, you know you know. If you wanted something else, you know, it could be a, like a vacation. It could be a week long. Um, like I said, she let, it was whatever I wanted to do. Um, but uh, they, it, I think what convinced me was that Ellen was going to be a one day thing if it did end up happening. Um, and and I wanted, you know, I wanted it to be, you know, that that extensive. Um, and I also wanted my family to be included with it because I wasn't sure if Ellen, um, you know, would have worked out for for bringing my whole family. So once I found out that I could do the vacation, you know, with my five family members, there's six of us, um, you know, then it was hands down. OK, that's what we're doing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And, and, and it's yeah, great. shout out to Ellen. So <laughs> yeah, shout out to Ellen. Hey, have we'll, me on the show. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll tweet her and we'll we'll talk about your experience of going through, you know, everything you've gone through, and then now kind of paying it forward and being in a position to be able to help other kids that are going through something similar. So, which is pretty pretty fantastic. And you know, we tend to hear <laughs> stories like that also of other wish alum that go into the same fields, you know, whether it's, you know, registered nurse or child specialist. And, you know, we have social workers that are, uh, and teachers, and we have so many kids that felt that they were so supported by members of our community that they wanted to also be in a position to support another kid going through something difficult as well, which is mm-hmm. always fantastic to hear. And it's a great thing to share with people. Um, I'm curious for you, Christina, you know, we talked a little bit about your experience as a as a as a nurse but we didn't really talk about how you started off as a nurse because you originally were a bedside nurse and then you you kind of transitioned to this outpatient you know infusion nurse so how was that for you i'm just curious to kind of get more background on on the differences and the feelings that um kind of made you kind of want to switch over to something completely different So for 17 years, I was a bedside pediatric nurse working the night shift by choice. And Mm -hmm. it was at that time where you grow the great relationship with your patients. Sometimes, again, older teenagers, the parents go home, they have other children at home, they have other responsibilities. And the parents really leave us in charge of their children, you know, keep them safe, keep them loved, we'll be back in the morning. Again, did that for 17 years at Cornell Medical Center. And that gave me the foundation for my love of pediatrics and my partiality to hematology and oncology patients. Um, The position that I'm currently in was available to me very randomly. I got injured at Cornell and couldn't work there anymore. And this position became available and it was the greatest change that I ever made. I never thought I wanted to leave the night shift, but now I can't imagine ever going back to a bedside nurse. Um, being the manager gives me the benefit of still 
keeping my nursing skills up, but also affording me the opportunity to do so many other things for the patients that I wasn't able to do as a bedside nurse. Um, it's a career change that I wasn't looking for, but I couldn't be any happier that I did it. Yeah. And I'm happy you share that because I think it's one of those things that, you know, when people think of nurses, you know, they don't realize that within that there's so many different ways that you can be a nurse. Right. So, Absolutely. you know, I think that's one of those things that if someone is listening to this episode and, you know, maybe they're thinking about becoming a nurse and they're not sure about the bedside side of it, maybe this is something else that they can kind of look at. And, um, and, and within that, there's even a lot of different things you could do. So it's, it's one of those things that I, I really wanted to provide you that opportunity to share that because it's one of those things that I'm sure is going to help somebody out there. That's maybe kind of deciding on what they're going to do next. And, you know, for you, Kelly, my question for you is, you know, now that you've kind of found your path and what you want to do as a career, as a child life specialist, you know, what is, uh, you know, wh where do you see yourself, I guess, in five years, you know, in, in, in obviously, you, are you still going to be in South Africa? Or are you coming back to the United States? Like, what do you No, so South doing? Africa is only about, it's just under two months. Okay. Um, so I won't be there for long. Uh, I'm glad you asked this question. Um, my dream, it's been my dream for, for well over five years now. Um, so at first my career, my career path started off. Um, I wanted to be a pediatric oncology nurse. That was my thing. It was for about three years. I did two years of nursing school. Um, and just in, I, I wanted to be a pediatric oncology nurse because I wanted to be there for children who are going through something that, you know, that I've been through and I came out positively to it. Um, you know, I have all the same scars as they do. I have my port scar on my chest. Um, you know, I have, I've been through it. I've had bone marrow biopsies, bone marrow, you know, spinal taps, um, the whole, the whole nine yards. And I realized in, you know, nursing school that from my perspective, I am a very, um, sociable, you can ask Christina, <laughs> sometimes probably too sociable. Um, I'm very sociable. Um, during my entire experience, you know, um, when I was getting chemotherapy in the outpatient center, as well as in the inpatient center, um, I was always surrounded by the other kids. Um, it was a huge thing of mine. There was one, um, child named Kai who I got really, really close with. Um, he was eight years old and, um, he got to the point, my, me and his bond became so strong that he wouldn't get, you know, he wouldn't get his dressings changed. He wouldn't get a blood pressure cuff, anything like that without me. It was, you know, I want Kelly, get me Kelly. And, and I would come in and I would calm him down and, it, and, and looking back at it, you know, and I, I hate to say this, but I'm, I'm amazed at myself because I was a patient, you know, myself, I was, I was bald headed and I was right there. And even at a 16, you know, even at 16 years old, I was able to calm him down and get him to a baseline, you know, where they were able to, you know, perform that. Um, and I think that that's when I realized, you know, that I had this special ability, you know, for, you know, for calming kids down. I've always been great with kids. Um, I've always been, I've always loved kids. Um, and I, I knew that I wanted to do something with kids. And then when I went to nursing school, just as I was continuing on, the classes were getting harder. I realized that I wanted to be as hands-on with the children as much as possible. Um, of course, nurses of course, nurses do that. Um, but nurses also do many other things, administering medication and stuff like that. And I didn't want to do the administrating medication stuff as much as I wanted to be hands-on, you know, playing with them. 
Um, and if I was a registered nurse, you know, I would be able to do that, but only to an extent. And with child life, you know, that's their job is to play and engage and, you know, make these positive situations or make these, you know, negative situations positive. Um, and I, I'm just so excited. And, and I start, so I graduate in December with my bachelor's degree in uh, child life. And my absolute dream is to work at Marie Ferry Children's Hospital. Um, it's the hospital that I was treated at. It's the hospital that has my heart. Um, that's my, that's been my dream for, for five years or so now. So I'll be applying like a year or so. <laughs> hey, so if you guys are listening to this podcast episode, please make sure you put her uh, resume right at the top <laughs> of, uh, of the okay, let's, let's make that dream a reality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll do, <laughs> yeah, we'll do a part two once you get the gig and kind of yeah. seeing how your first year went, you know, yeah. working there, which would be really pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, um, it's been it's been my dream for a while. I can't the Marie Ferry Children's Hospital. You know, I say this to everybody I know, everybody I meet. God forbid you ever need to have you know intervention and you know on your child, but Marie Ferry is the place to go, especially if you're able to. They were incredible. The, the whole staff. You know, I became friends with the nurses, the doctors. Um, you know, I was I was friends with the janitor staff. You know, they anybody I could talk to, I I did and. You know, they were all, they were all so incredible and, and they have my, they have my heart. So <laughs> that's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, one of the the next questions I want to ask both of you guys actually is, you know, one of the, my favorite questions, which is if you could have a wish, what would it be? And to remind our listeners, we have five formal wish categories, which are to go, to meet, to have, to be, and to give. So we'll start first with you, Christina, if you could have a wish of your own, what would it be? I've actually put a lot of thought into this interacting with so many patients throughout the year. And I don't (laughs) think my wish is actually doable, but I would love to be a seat filler at every major um, celebrity event, the Oscars, the Emmys, the Tonys. You want to be an EGOT seat filler. Exactly. So that actually would be my um, make a wish dream. When I was younger, I wanted to be um, the first base on the, on the Yankees first base. I wanted to be the ball girl. But now it's a seat seat filler at every major award show. I'm loving that. That's a really cool wish. I mean, we've had kids that have wished to go to the Grammys or have wished to go to the Oscars and specific to those, you know, type of award shows. But to be a seat filler, that's very interesting. You know what? Who knows? Maybe someone. Maybe I'm putting it out in the universe. for Yeah, you never know. I mean, seat fillers are needed. People have to use. And seat fillers. That's a good choice because they're all up and personal with the celebrities. Yeah, exactly. They're all up on there. I'm liking that. And you could get you could get famous that way, Kelly. There there you go. Bringing it right back to being famous. How about the three of us? We we just put our names in and say we want to be seat fillers at you know Radio City Music Hall for any event that they have, and we'll just make we'll just make it happen. We'll just put the put it out there. Yeah, you have all the connections. Hey, you never know who's listening, right? So this is good. All right, cool. And what about you, Kelly? I mean, we talked about your what your wish would be and then your alternate wish, but now today, if you what's your grown up wish, Kelly? Yeah, what's your grown up, you know, (sighs) Kelly wish? That's so hard. Um and 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 this sounds so funny. Is I'm I have always, always, always loved. Um, and been inspired by, you know, missionary trips. I love to go to, you know, third world countries um, and help out in any way I can. I think that that is so, you know, incredible. And, and I'm doing, you know, I'm doing that in Africa. Um, So I think that my wish would be, 
to join the Peace Corps. <laughs> wow. Wow. I wasn't Kelly, expecting that. You made that. me sound very materialistic. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, so if, it, if it's a, uh, well, I've always, when I was younger, I said I wanted to join the Peace Corps. Honestly, I didn't even know what it was until, you know, a couple years ago. Um, materialistic, something I would do. I mean, I got my wish to Hawaii. That was, you know, incredible. Um, I would love to go to Hawaii again, maybe go to a different Island now. Um, I also, I also like Bora Bora. That's a good one. <laughs> Listen, when I watched the movie, uh, what was it? I think it's called couples retreat and yeah. that whole, where they're like on the still, you know, uh, hotel rooms, I guess yeah. you can call it. And everything looked like it was a wallpaper for your computer. Like I want to be there. Like I want to be yeah. in Bora Bora on one of those stilt houses, you know, and fishing right off the, the side of the house and just jumping in and, and, and swimming in yeah. those clear, you know, clear waters. I, I I'm with you on that Bora Bora. I like, I'm digging Oh, that. Bora Bora. We should all take a trip to Bora Bora because that was do it. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah, you got after, any connections over there? <laughs> I know. After hey man, after the the past couple of years we just had any trip, even Florida would be great right now. Yeah, um, exactly. To be quite honest. So you know that's 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 awesome. And then the last question I have for both of you guys, and we'll start first with you, Christina, is in one word, how would you describe Make a Wish? Life changing. What about you, Kelly? What would be your word? I would say hope or hopeful, um, you know, to touch back on what I said earlier, that is ex- hope is exactly, you know, what make a wish, um, you know, gave me during that time, you know, Rose came in and introduced and gave me like an info packet about make a wish. And while I was sick, while I was still getting chemo. And, you know, from that on, it was, it was game over. I was, I spent every day on my laptop where I, I probably thought about my wish two months before, because I was, where did I want to go? You know, I was planning it all out. I was getting inspo pictures. I had a whole Pinterest board um, and it really did. That's exactly what it gave me. It gave me hope and it gave me something to look forward to um, during such a dark time. And then when the time did come, you know, that it was time for my make a wish, it, it was, it was, it was amazing. And it was, it gave me so much hope for, for that entire year of planning Um you know, things don't see as bad when you get to go to Hawaii at the end of it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's so true. And, you know, it's interesting you say all those things because it does kind of bring back a lot of memories that I had when I was being treated as well. And um, and it's and for those that haven't been through that experience, it's kind of hard for them to fully understand or or having worked in an environment like in your case, mm-hmm. you know, Christina, where you're there every single day, you see you see that struggle. Um, but for most people that don't see that and haven't lived through that, it's kind of hard to put into words what the day to day is like, where, mm-hmm. you know, the days don't even have like morning or nighttime. All you have is a routine of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever medicine you're taking, whatever treatment you're getting, whatever the next thing is. And it's just a part of your routine. So any break in that is a huge relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, when you have something as exciting and hopeful as a wish experience to kind of start planning for or having a visitor at the at the that's not mm-hmm. family. Um, I remember there were times when I would uh, make believe like I was sleeping because I didn't want to talk to anybody because because <laughs> um, it was just it would, be, it would be too much. Like I was yeah. so tired or I was so like, yep. you know, worn out from everything. Yeah. And I got the same battle scars like you. I got my port, you know, scars. Yeah. And I, the bad thing is that mine got infected after like a month. They had to switch it to the other side. So then I have oh, no. double. Uh. Like, let me tell you, man, 
you talk about the beach, it's a great conversation starter at the beach because when they start seeing all them scars on my side yeah. and I tell them, hey, man, I grew up in the Bronx. I got stabbed. Yeah. I got shot. <laughs> they totally believe it. And I go really in depth in just kind of creating this whole story. And then when I end it and I say, no, you know, actually, you know, I had stage four lung cancer and I was at 15 years old. They're like, no, you didn't. We know you got stabbed. We, they believe more that yeah. I got stabbed. And that I got shot, then they then I had lung cancer. I didn't even think about using that. So that's good. That's one of those things that unless you've been through, you really don't understand it. And, you know, the fact that you guys are able to share some of your experiences, you know, and how they kind of cross paths, you know, over the years, it's something great that it gives insight to a world that most people don't real don't know exists and, and they don't really know what it entails. My nurse was so special to me because I remember my my overnight nurse. She would always ask me, you know, have you eaten today? Because I, you know, was going to chemo. So you, you know mm -hmm. how that is. You don't you don't get yep. hungry. You know, it's this weird aftertaste with everything. I don't yeah. it's, it was disgusting. Like nothing ever tasted good. But she would always ask me, Have you eaten today? And I would be like, Maybe I was in the mood for something, you know, and it would be something random. It would be like, you know, Spanish food that would be because I was in the Bronx, so it was easy to get. Yeah. Dominican or Puerto Rican food, like anywhere. Um, so I would be like, yeah, can I have some rice and beans with like, you know, chicken and whatever? And she'd be like, you know what? I'm going to go on my lunch break. I'm going to go, I'm, I'll, I'll stop by and I'll grab you some rice and beans, you know? And she uh, would bring it to me and maybe I would have like one spoon of it, but yeah. it was like, but it was what, it was that comfort food that I needed in that moment. Mm -hmm. And even though I would then maybe throw it up like an hour later, you know what I'm saying? Cause it was just the nausea that would yeah. come with the chemo. It was, it was just the fact that she would go out of her way to do that for me. It just, mm -hmm. um, it just made, it just made that experience being in the hospital, which was terrible, um, a little bit better. And, yeah. uh, and so shout out to all the nurses and all the hospital staff, including janitors, janitors and the hospital staff, like those that bring food and all those things, you build relationships with these people. You see them every single day for um, months at a time, in some cases, yeah. years at a time. Um, it's beyond just kind of a, high, a friendly nod and a hello. I mean, you're talking about sports, you're talking about yeah. life stuff and mm -hmm. you really get to know each other really well in the hospital. And, um, yeah. and it's great to talk to both of you guys about that because it's one of those things that I forget about because I also feel the same way. I forget I'm a wish kiss sometimes. Um, <laughs> so talking about this stuff is really helpful to bring to the surface what's really important in life, which is our, are these relationships with people that you build over, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in crazy times. One of the other things we have uh, every year during the holiday season is our Macy's Believe campaign, which is a Santa letter writing campaign that we have, you know, beginning on November 1st, all the way through Christmas Day, where every letter that is written to Santa and dropped off at a Macy's Believe uh, mailbox in store, it counts for $1, uh, which Macy's matches, right, up to a million dollars. And the amazing thing about that is that we also have these satellite writing stations all around our territory. One of them right at the infusion center. So, Christina, share with our listeners a little bit about the writing station that you have set up at the infusion center. And, and if you have a patient, an outpatient that's going to be dropping by in the next month, make your appointment, set it up so that you can go and uh, write a letter to Santa, which will go towards helping grant wishes. We partner up with you guys every year. We have our Make-A-Wish Corner with our mailbox and the letters, and all the letters go directly to Macy's to help grant wishes. Thank so you for sharing at, that. If you're at or near the infusion center from December 1st till December 20th, come write a letter. Absolutely. Oh, I'll, I'll make my appointment. <laughs> there you go. Um, Abe, just to touch on, you know, what you said, because I definitely wanted to, you know, say this at some point. 
Um, definitely, you know, huge shout out to any hospital staff, any nurses, you know, doctors, Christina, for example, and, you know, all of her coworkers at the infusion center. Um, hopefully they're hearing this, you know, I love them all. We really are. Like she said, I'm like her niece and it's my relationship with Christina is very similar to, you know, my relationship with some of the other hospital staff. Um, and I think that that's one of the biggest things that, that gets people through, you know, those times is like you said, those connections with other people. So absolutely, thank you to Christina. Thank you for all the hospital staff. I truly, you know, probably literally wouldn't be here without you all. Um, you know, I, I love them all. I love you all. Um, love you, awesome. Kel. Special thanks to you guys, Christina and Kelly, for joining us today on the Wish House podcast and sharing how Make-A-Wish has left these lasting marks on your life um, and, and how the impact of Wish really has transcended, you know, time, you know, for you guys. So thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy.